Greetings, Popheads, and welcome to issue 28 of 3Bzine Presents Popcast, a.k.a. the TomCast Popcast. My name is Tom. This is the pop culture podcast that knows the real reason the Phoenix Force came to Earth. Bacon double cheeseburgers and hot ads. Right. <laughs> Please follow this awesome, small, independent podcast on social media at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. Joining me once again, the uncanny Exomega Gold, Roger Smith. I'm here once more to share in the podcast. Find Roger on Instagram and Twitter at Exomega Gold. I added the uncanny. That was me. I did that. Yeah, I liked it. It was a nice reference. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, it's another great day in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. How'd that day. happen? I don't know. It's it's kind of like it's like that all the time. We're, we're shaking off the May Gray. Yeah. It was, it was a gorgeous sunny day. It's gotten a little cloudy now, but we're in the evening. Yeah, so that's so okay. So it's okay. Yeah. We're fine. We'll let it slide. Our, our, our beach time is done for the day. Yeah, we met our quota. <laughs> all right, so I mentioned it for a second, but I... I mentioned it a second ago. Let's let's kind of talk about let's mm-hmm. let's talk cheeseburgers real quick. Okay. <laughs> are you a fan? Yes, of course. What are some of your favorite cheeseburgers in town? Oh. And and we'll we'll kind of separate the categories here a little bit. Okay. We do not need to list fast food places at this right. time, but I will ask you about them <laughs> momentarily. Sure, sure. Okay. Let's see. Uh, good cheeseburgers I've had. Oh man, I I feel like the thing is I don't really have too many cheeseburgers like sit down restaurant like while i'm here okay um usually since i'm south of the border uh if i do have any i'll go to a couple places down there there's like awesome like nice little food truck style ones um that one this place called danke that you know my girlfriend and i we always go to it's like cool just little it's like food truck style but like the burgers are like really gourmet made so it's kind of cool nice um also there's a there's a place called legion that does some pretty good burgers they like really nice artisanal burgers down there any relation to professor x i'd like to say but probably not in this case not in this case. all right that's fair <laughs> i mean as i mentioned on the show i i i gave a little shout out to hodaz because i i love the hodaz burger i used to live mm. in ocean beach so okay, i used okay. to go quite regularly nice another great spot is rockies and mm. mission beach which is very very good yeah um and a new favorite, actually, one more shout out too to to Regal Beagle. Okay, they yeah, do a rad cheeseburger too. Now, granted, nice. you can it's, when you're at Regal Beagle, it's very easy to get distracted by like the mac and cheese bites and all the handmade sausages and stuff like that. Yeah, but the burger's rad. <laughs> nice. So I, I definitely suggest that when you're there. Okay. And then a new spot, and I wanted to mention this to you mm-hmm. because somebody's birthday is coming up soon. Yeah, who could it, that be? It might be Rogers. Oh yeah. And you have a little little beer thing planned for your yes, birthday. Yes, I do. That'll take you to thirtieth. Yep. In North Park. Down North Park. And conveniently located next to Fall Brewing is the Friendly. Oh yes, I actually had a recommendation to hit that up. The oh. Dirty Flat Top Burger, five bucks, and it's like a it's like a grown up version of In and Out. Oh, very nice. It's so good. That sounds bomb. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to be hitting that up. Yeah, it's like it's like a big boy version of a double double. Yeah. That sounds like some good fuel for the twelve-hour drinking. So. Yeah, it's a good. I, I forget which end of thirtieth you're starting on, but you'll get there. Yeah, eventually. If we have to go back to it, we will. And the nice part about the friendly too is it's not it's not necessarily a burger joint. They just happen mm-hmm. to make a rad burger. It's but it's a pizza place. Sweet. So they have rad slices too. We'll do it all. Yeah, I usually, I typically <laughs> will get a burger and a slice. That sounds like my kind of combo. And then I'll go to fall and eat them both. Yes, <laughs> sounds like a plan. All right. And do you like the fast food cheeseburgers? Any any favorites? In and uh, out? Any of that stuff? You know, I'm just like, 
strangely partial to Carl's Jr. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It, it's not anything special mm-hmm. or in particular. You know, I'll just get Superstar with cheese is like just random comfort food. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I know it's nothing particularly amazing by any means, but for some reason that's just the one that I always default to. So. You know, um, in, in kind of in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I, lo- I love like In-N-Out and I'm a big fan of Five Guys as well. Oh, yeah, those are kind but, of... Kind of like like a Carl's Jr. thing though. Like uh-huh. if I'm out drinking in North Park, yeah, particularly around like our favorite spots, like like by Pariah, by mm-hmm. Tiger Tiger, yeah. If I'm out late and I need that drunk food, mm-hmm. the Jack in the Box, man, the Jack is right there. Oh, I yeah. can't help it, but get that Jack in the Box. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, it's nothing like special, no. But it's especially when you've been drinking, yeah, it hits it just, all the right spots in your belly. Yeah, it just presses all the right buttons. I don't it's know. so good. It works. And seasoned curlies. I mean, come on, always need the seasoned curlies. <laughs> All right, this is not the Burger Podcast. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. Let's talk about some pop culture stuff. I mean, it's it's relatively quiet right now in, in the world of pop culture, I suppose. Strangely. Not, not huge breaking news or anything like that, mm-hmm. but we do have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll sprinkle it in. Yeah, well, and, and hopefully the good people out there will be amused by our antics. Yeah, hopefully. All right, let's talk about the first thing on the agenda. All right. The Dark Phoenix, hitting theaters this weekend. Asian. Will you be there? I don't know. That sounds pretty dangerous. You don't want to be anywhere where Dark Phoenix is. No. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is going to be the final X-Men installment uh, from, from Fox mm-hmm. before everything, you know, everything, everything finan- paperwork-wise has shifted to Marvel slash Disney. Yeah, um, yeah. This kind of started before that happened. But, but yeah, so. so this, but this is like the end of the, the X-Men saga, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with this cast of characters that we've kind of gotten to know over the, over the last few pictures, a yeah. little bit in Age of Apocalypse, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I am apprehensive about this film. I think I've said it before. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. But I, 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 I'm just, I can't really get excited about this one. I, I don't know what it is. The trailers haven't really elicited any kind of strong emotional reaction that I, that I wear. I'm like just chomping at the bit to go. Yeah. I mean, you were a fan of the... Um the more recent ones, you know, minus Age of Apocalypse, right? That's kind of yeah. I, I really liked First First Class, mm-hmm. and uh, which one came after First Class? Was it, it was a Days of Future Past? I Days think. of Future Past, yeah. Yeah, I liked those both. Days of Future Past was a little wonky, but it was fun. And then uh, then yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> and then was there one after that, or I, th- I think this is the one after that, right? Other than. Uh... Logan, because we got the the Wolverine movies, which I sometimes blend into each other. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of. I mean, you don't really know where they are on the timeline, and I guess they don't really need to be <laughs> within that timeline. So, Roger, I spilled my beer on myself. It's okay. God damn it. We'll uh, we'll make up for that later. <laughs> I'll have to give myself ten lashes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of one of those that I haven't really been following too closely. So, I mean, I keep seeing the trailers. I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks interesting, but I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just, well, it's, it's so, it's, it's peculiar to me because during the first run of the X-Men movies, when, when Brian Singer was still involved, yeah. you know, we had, we had X-Men and then X-Men two. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are the Hugh Jackman Wolverines and the, and the Femke Janssen as, as Jean Grey X-Men yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. And we get to the third one. Which is supposed to be like the Dark Phoenix storyline, mm-hmm. but it kind of gets. There's a lot of production issues. Like Singer quits the film at a certain point, so he can go off and do the Superman movie, which was terrible. <laughs> and they bring in, uh, I think, I think it was Mick G who came in to finish up oh, the okay. movie. No, not Mick G. 
Who was it? It was the other guy. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I remember, I definitely saw those all in theaters. But yeah, no, you could definitely tell X3 was not up to par with the other ones. I really liked X2, but... Yeah, X2 is fantastic. I yeah. mean, there's a, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. You get, like, a pretty good Wolverine Berserker Rage thing at the mansion. Yeah. It's a pretty iconic Wolverine fight scene, honestly. Yeah, and then that opening scene with Nightcrawler, just introducing him there was yeah. super cool. That was a great scene, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah that, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, Nightcrawler was always one of my favorites, and I was kind of bummed because I thought the you know, characterization of Nightcrawler was really good in that one. But they decided not to bring him back for three. I think it was the, the actor wasn't wasn't into putting on all the makeup. It was extensive makeup for yeah. sure. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It's uh, kind of sad, but I would have definitely liked to have seen him in X3. I don't think it would have saved the movie by any means, but... X3 was directed by Brett Ratner. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, not Mick G. My apologies to Mick G. <laughs> I know he's a big fan. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you know... Yeah, so so Mick G came on, and you know he uh, when you I guess when you fire I guess he brought his own ideas of what X three should be, and so you had this weird movie that was kind of like this weird smushed together, and not even like a hybrid because a hybrid at least seems makes makes it seem like it's cohesive, but the yeah. movie's kind of a mess. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do too much at once. Yeah, they kind of wanted to do a Dark Phoenix thing, but they also wanted to kind of incorporate the 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 Yoss Whedon comic book that was out at the time that was very popular. Oh yeah, and so it was just just kind of a garbage movie. <laughs> so when they did Days of Future Past, they kind of reset their timeline. Yeah, and I think my thought was always that oh, because they wanted to try and do Dark Phoenix again, mm-hmm. and so this is the movie that we're getting. You know, whatever how many years later now since yeah. since they rebooted things with Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. So. I guess I had a more grandiose vision of what, for what this movie should be, of, of apparently. But, uh, you know, and I think part of my problem is, I don't know if you were a big fan or super familiar with the comic book of The Dark Phoenix. Uh, I, I got most of my Dark Phoenix from the animated series. You know, the animated so. series did a nice job. Yeah, they actually, I remember that pretty well, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, because I think by that point in, in, the, in the cartoon... Mm-hmm. Um, you were pretty invested with the characters. You'd been along on their journeys. Yeah. You, you understood their relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they did a they did a, a pretty I would say pretty solid adaptation of it. Okay, it's very different, but it was a solid version of it. Yeah, uh, it, it seems to me like this movie. I don't. It just doesn't look like it has the the complexity and the layered the layers yeah. that the comics have had when, when telling a story. And it, it's you know it's just the ex, it's you know it's the Dark Phoenix crammed into two hours. Yeah. It doesn't really have room to breathe, is what yeah. it looks like to me. Because how long was that arc? Was It a it was pretty big, long. Yeah. And I mean, I like they it, it, they had been, even before the official series started, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they'd been laying the groundwork for this for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, Gene kind of like blacking out and being taken over by the Phoenix Force and stuff like that. Like, there was, the, the X-Men comic books, when, when, when Chris Claremont was the writer, were very uh, soap opera-esque. Okay. You know, like, they, they, they would mention something and then never it wouldn't come up again for 30 issues and then you have to go back issue diving at your, at your comic book store because all of a sudden that, that issue was a key issue now yeah, and you're like yeah. wait I thought that was an offhanded remark or offhanded <laughs> character Who's, and now all of a sudden that person's a big deal Yeah. so like there's a lot of stuff like that with, with the X-Men back in like the back in like the 70s 80s and uh yeah Claremont's run ran in like 92 or 93 so, so yeah. he, had, he had a big 20 year story basically going <laughs> and, and uh 
20 years in two hours. Yeah. And Good luck. so they're trying to, you're trying to cram all of that into two hours and then, yeah, it's, that's going to be a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, like you said, from the trailer, I wasn't really drawn by it. There wasn't anything in it that was like, whoa, you know, it looks crazy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just cause I didn't really click with any of the characters. Uh, I don't know how you felt about the casting, but I don't know if it's just dissonance from, you know, kind of growing up with certain people playing those characters mm-hmm. and now there's someone else and completely different. I don't know. That kind of just took them all in a different direction. So. It is a little strange to see, <laughs> to see, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm still in my brain. I still have the original cast, like James Mars and a Cyclops and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to see new younger people in those roles is a little weird, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I think I'm okay with that. Honestly, yeah. you know, they did, they did reboot the thing and they're still kind of following, uh, the idea that each of these movies takes place in a different era of the X-Men. So like, apparently this movie is set in the 90s. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I thought was pretty interesting because like, that was like the yeah. X-Men at the height of their powers, or the height of their popularity in comic books. Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess it's, it's from what I've read of the, of the initial reviews, it seems to be that, that comic book popularity that we had in our real world mm-hmm. is actually being replicated in the movie's real world where it's like, that's oh, the X-Men are popular. They're, they're, they're heroes. They've saved the world a bunch of times now and, and you know, the president calls Xavier when he, <laughs> when he needs help. And yeah. I guess that's the, I guess that's kind of how this movie starts mm. is the president gets on his uh, Professor X phone <laughs> the mutant phone? What would you call that? The X phone. The X phone. <laughs> yeah, that probably makes more sense. A little bit more direct. Yeah, just to the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I guess that's interesting. I'm I'm curious about the movie, but we're officially in summer season, and uh, yeah. movies are coming out fast and furious. Yeah. Including the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah, they somehow managed to make another one of those. So yeah, Hobbs and Shaw will be out later this year, but that's yeah. that's another show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to go, but I don't. I just, I'm reluctant. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't have that excitement in me to go. Mm. I still, I'm, I think I'm more amped to go see Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, I still got to see that one. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it last weekend, but just didn't get around to it. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I have a couple of friends who are big Godzilla fans. We're, tr- we're trying to get our shit together, get mm. coordinated, so we can go see it. Um, yeah, it looks cool. I kind of want to go back and watch every other one within the universe. You know. Well, apparently this this one does. It goes. It goes to the next step, and it sets up the uh, Godzilla versus Kong fight. Yeah, which yeah. on paper looks like a huge mismatch, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm curious because I mean, just size wise, King Kong is nowhere near as big as Godzilla, right? By the way, I just noticed your T-shirt, and it's oh, excellent, yeah. nice sweet ash, <laughs> kind of like a Miami Vice style sweet, sweet print, ash. <laughs> but it's like a silhouette of ash with this chainsaw hand. It says oh, yeah. groovy. I love this shirt. I like. I thought I lost it, and then I found it like hidden in the corner today. I'm like, oh, I gotta bring this one. We'll have to do an Evil Dead oh, Army yeah, Darkness episode. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, back to Godzilla. Back to Godzilla, which it's funny how we got on Godzilla from the X Men. That's yeah. that a transition. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually pretty excited for that one. I really liked Kong when that one came out. Uh, I love the the stinger at the at the end mm-hmm. of the the other kaiju. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't see the, the first Godzilla movie, though, so i got to go back and watch that. You know, I haven't either, and from what I've been told, I don't need to. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah, because I, I know it was kind of panned, more, yeah. more or less. So I, I, I kind of wondered if that's why they did this one, mm. because they're like, you know, we kind of need to kind of get everybody back on our side with this. Yeah, because it's not even called Godzilla 2. It's just called no. Godzilla King, King of the Monsters. Monsters. Yeah. yeah. So they're kind of just like disassociating from that one, I guess, and going with this. But yeah, no, I, I hear it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I had like two and a half hours to kill, I could watch the first Godzilla movie. But apparently it's just a lot of talking. And oh, Godzilla okay. doesn't even show up till late, way later in the flick. 
Yeah, that's disappointing. So maybe this one's making up for that. Yeah. I hear it's a lot more monster fun. So. Monster, monster-centric, yeah. which I think we all want in our Godzilla pictures. Yeah, it's not called Humans Talking. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. <laughs> All right, you brought some some crazy news. Yeah, I suppose it's crazy. I guess it depends how you look at it. But it's, yeah. it's definitely a blast from the past. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll read the headline, but if you want to dive into it after that, go ahead. Sure. So you you, you made me aware that the the Russo brothers of, yeah. of Avengers and Marvel fame mm-hmm. are are going to be executive producers on a new new Netflix series, which is going to be adapting Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, the card game. So Turning that into a Netflix TV series. Yeah, so from what I've been reading on that, it's uh, it's going to be an animated series uh, the done by the same art studio, I believe, as uh, Rick and Morty. Um, so, I mean, that's not really an indication of how it's going to look, mm-hmm. but, you know, just those are the guys working on it. So we know they do good work, very uh, detail-oriented people. Um, and, you know, backed by the Russo brothers, I just feel like you can't really go wrong with that. <laughs> you know, just coming off the Avengers, you go into Magic the Gathering, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, in, in, in the article, there's a couple quotes uh, quotes from, I forget which Russo brother, but it, it mentions how they were, they were fans. They they played oh, the yeah. game growing up, so... I think we all did, they, to be they, honest. <laughs> yeah, I, th- we, I think we all dabbled in, in... We all dabbled in the black arts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and played some Magic at some point in our lives. You know, I, I made the joke to you earlier about, you know, tapping the mana, because it's just... <laughs> Such a a, it's a funny expression, but, yeah. you know, obviously when you say it to the right person, they yeah, know exactly what we'll you mean. We'll get it. Yeah, no, my girlfriend, I mean, we'll, we'll still play every now and then. And, uh, you know, my friends uh, from up in Portland, they're still playing regularly. So, you know, I have a good group of people that are still, you know, active in it. But I guess this, this movie is going to be based a lot on kind of the, uh, the, the planeswalkers, as they're called, kind of the, the magical wielding... Uh, big characters within the the lore of Magic the Gathering. I was going to ask you about that because I read that and I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, so essentially it's kind of more more recent stuff um, that came out of the storylines. There's characters called Planeswalkers and essentially Magic the Gathering is, you know, it's each new expansion takes place in a different plane, right? So, you know, you'll have one plane like Innistrad, which is basically based off of you know, old black and white movie monsters where you have like werewolves, vampires and all this kind of stuff. And then you'll have another plane like Ravnica, which is like just a bunch of guilds and the color combinations or, you know, what kind of the guilds are about. So you have characters within this, uh, this lore that can travel between the planes and kind of, uh, affect the outcome of what's happening in each, each you know, little mini universe. Oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, it's, it's going to be based a lot on these characters. Uh, they're called the gate watch. It's, it's kind of like a, kind of the, the main planeswalkers that are not really controlling things, but kind of keeping watch on everything, you know, making sure nobody is getting too much power and going to destroy a plane for fun, you know, (laughs) so they're kind of like just guardians of the planes, I suppose you could say. But yeah, I think so. From what I'm gathering, it's uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be uh, based around that and some adapting one of the stories because um, you know there are books based on this. Right. I've just never really followed them that closely. I just kind of know the characters from you know the little snips at the bottom of the magic cards, little quotes here and there. So yeah, I feel like the, I feel like the books are. 
I mean, they, they, I think they're still, they still publish them regularly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But I, I don't feel like they ever caught on the way that the Dungeons and Dragons novels caught on. No, not, I don't think so. I mean, I, there's definitely people that are super into the lore and could tell you everything. But, you know, I just know based off of, you know, snippets here and there, like I was saying. So that's, that's basically all we know at this point. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, there's there's a few people. I don't I don't think there's been any actors associated to it yet that they've announced. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it's very early in development. Right. Yeah, but, but super it's, early. It, they they um oh they have a, they have a couple of screenwriters. Mm-hmm. I know that, I know one of them is is from the Star Wars world, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that is interesting. So I mean, you got a lot of people that have had their hands on some pretty successful things. Mm-hmm. So. I'm hoping uh, this one this one's gonna be interesting. Well, you know the you know I don't know Netflix's business model necessarily, but yeah. they seem to be having a pretty good track record at getting getting things out there that are gonna get eyeballs on it at yeah. at the very least. You know, they, they Netflix never releases their, their numbers, so we never really know what what kind of downloads or not downloads or streams stream yeah streaming numbers they have available. Um, but obviously, people watch the stuff because they, they they renew shows a lot. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, like we've talked about how they cancel shows, but that's not mm-hmm. necessarily. I don't think that's up to them with this yeah. Marvel situation. Yeah, I feel like most of those cancellations aren't really indicative of how well the show's doing, mm-hmm. especially when you have you know, like you were telling me uh, how last season of Daredevil was so good, and then they just kind of x that one out of nowhere. Yeah, that's definitely the, that, there's definitely some other things in play on, yeah. on, on that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I was listening to another podcast, uh, where they had a, a, a screenwriter on, and he was talking about his project that was on Netflix. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting hearing him talk about it because, you know, going to the movies, we've, we've mentioned it before, but it, it's, it's pricey. It's an ordeal. Yeah. You know, and we're getting to the point where everything's kind of at our fingertips at home. We don't necessarily need to go anywhere to watch a, watch a film. Yeah. I mean, we're making our little home theaters, you know, as comfortable as possible. Yeah. So like if, if, if his movie had been released in, in theaters, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe it gets a couple million bucks cause it's, it's a small picture. Yeah. But he puts it, it's, you know, it's with Netflix. It's in conjunction with Netflix. And they get something like 10 million people watching it the first weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's bananas. Numbers, yeah. So people, you know, who are at home and who don't want to go spend 18 bucks to get a movie ticket and then another 20 on food and snacks and stuff, yeah. you know, will check it out a lot more readily. Yeah, because Netflix is just so much more accessible to mm-hmm. a wider audience. I yeah. mean, you have, you know, you, you have to set aside time to go watch a movie. Whereas, you know, Netflix... You could be a, a mom watching her kids, throwing something on the TV while she's making dinner. You know, you could be a guy just got home from work. I'm going to throw this on real quick while I get ready to do something else. It's it's just easy for everyone. Yeah, well, and my favorite part is I can pause it, <laughs> which yeah. is nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be there 100%. You can pause it. You can do it on your own time. And that's really what uh, what we're kind of going towards as a as a streaming culture these days. So. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I still enjoy the the, the cinematic experience of going to the movies, oh, yeah. but it, it there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces nowadays mm-hmm. to go to the movies and being able to watch something when I want when I have the time instead mm-hmm. of waiting for a showtime or trying to like <laughs> shuffle my my day around. Yeah, that can be tough. And I, I don't worry. I understand. These are totally first world problems, and I'm, you know, I can hear like the world's smallest violin playing for me right now. Um, but it, it, but it is nice to have like that convenience. Mm-hmm. So 
That's true. I hope I hope the Netflix thing works out well. I hope the show looks good. Yeah. There's a lot. It sounds like there's a lot of fantasy coming to try and fill the void of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that might be the direction they're taking. You know, Amazon's got their Lord of the Rings series in development. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of fantasy novels that are that are in development and, and going to be shows as well. I think Wheel of Time's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patrick, Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, I can't remember the name of the books right now. Yeah. But those are I think those are in development as well. So there's there's a lot of big time fantasy things coming. Yeah, I'd like to see where that goes for sure. I definitely feel like there's been a, a fantasy void that's been solely Game of Thrones oriented for well, the past and, few and years. Well, it's funny too because I mean, the, I, I suppose one of the one of the uh, some, one of the biggest arguments I've heard about Game of Thrones from mm-hmm. from from fans who you know who are familiar with the book is like the fantasy elements are not done great on the show. Uh, they, they, their strong points a lot of the politics, mm-hmm. and I I can't argue with that too much. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how fantasy driven the shows are, or, or or if they find that other thread to kind of pull on, like the way Game of Thrones pulled on that politics. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's just something we're gonna have to see the direction they want to take uh, modern fantasy. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I mean, this is fantasy for the new decade. You fantasy know? for the new decade. I like that, mm. and it is interesting too because uh, uh you know, fan- I know when you first say fantasy, it conjures a. a definite image in a lot of people's minds mm-hmm. kind of like Lord of the Rings-esque stuff but oh, yeah. fantasy's changed a lot it's really grown and evolved over the years some of, the, some of these novels that are being adapted mm-hmm. are, are are not quite what you think they are yeah and that's I think that's going to be a good thing to see out there in the world yeah you got to mix it up and it, it, actually like you said I think Game of Thrones kind of was a doorway for that because Game of Thrones was a fantasy that wasn't the fantasy they everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, elves and orcs running around. <laughs> elves and orcs and, and, you know, lots of crazy weird things. It had a lot more in common with, with our world than, than people maybe wanted to give it credit for. Yeah. Especially with all the politics and the backstabbing and the double crosses and murder. Sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> all right, next on the agenda. You know, I'll have to sneak a clip of this into the show because right. I don't think you've been exposed to this yet. But there's, there's mild internet controversy Okay. Uh, the child's pl- the child's play remake is coming out. Yeah, that's true. I almost forgot about that. And and Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky in this. Okay. Now Mark Hamill very well known for his voice work. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us he's kind of like the definitive Joker voice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And along with a, a just a cavalcade of other characters he's done over the years. Mark Hamill is a great voice actor. I re- came across a column where a, a, a writer was very concerned. Okay. That he would not be able to enjoy the Child's Play film because after hearing this clip, he knows it's Mark Hamill and now he's worried he's going to be taken out of the, taken out of the picture. Mm. Now, he did provide that, or he, he acknowledged that this clip that was released, that's now available on the internet to watch, and I'll, I will show it to Roger later. Yeah. Um, you don't actually see the doll. Okay. You just hear the voice. Like, there's, there's something going on in the scene and you're just kind of hearing the voice coming from around this room. Okay. And they think that the, 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 the writer is willing to admit that perhaps once you see the doll and the voice coming out of the doll, it'll jive a little bit more. But he's okay. very concerned yeah. that, that watching this film, he's just going to be like, that's Mark Hamill as a doll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that they had that similar concern with uh, the recent Detective Pikachu movie where it's like Ryan Reynolds as and Pikachu. And it's very clearly Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, he's not making a voice. He's not doing it. It's just him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see all these funny shirts with, you know, Deadpool in a Pikachu outfit, you know, because that's basically what you're getting. But, um... So I, I watched the clip. Uh-huh. Um, my takeaway is, yes, I know that's Mark Hamill. Okay. I, I can I can recognize his voice mm-hmm. from the, from other voices he's done. I kind of am familiar with the way he does his deliveries and stuff. Yeah. 
But he's not doing the Joker or anything like that. I mean, like it, it sounds like he's trying Joker. to be like a kid's doll. Over here, Andy. Leave me alone! <laughs> Over here. If they don't let us play, they all go away. Okay, yeah, see, that's what I was going to ask you. Was it? Was he trying to go for the more uh, Joker here? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was actually pretty good, too. Maybe you should audition for Chucky. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Robert Pattinson's going to need to fight somebody. No, that's true. Roger. <laughs> Hollywood could, could could be knocking on your door. Oh, uh, the purple costume on right now. <laughs> <laughs> we already established you're wearing an ass shirt. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Roger, I, I keep forgetting, but let's. What are we drinking today? We got a beer. Oh yeah. So this one's a this one's a new one, I think. Uh, Luponic Distortion IPA Series Number Thirteen. It's a Firestone Walker beer. Um, it's I guess just a variation on their. Um, Regular Luponic Distortion, right? Is that where we're getting here? Yeah, the the Luponic series is is a, a rotating series of mm-hmm. different hops to bring out different flavors. Okay. So it's it's kind of like, kind of the way you know how like society does the Bachelor with like mm-hmm. a, a highly yeah, different the hop. rotating hops. Instead yeah. of being a single hop, though, they use a couple of different ones, and and usually a lot of newer ones to okay. kind of bring out different flavors and kind of profile thing, profile the hops in a way that maybe aren't normally done. Okay. So it's a it's an IPA. It's mm-hmm. a low ABV IPA at only five point nine percent. Wow! So uh, they're they're barely making that line. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's got hints of pina colada, key lime, and nectarine. And uh, yeah, I definitely I get a lot of the key lime. Uh, the nose when I first smelled it was very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lot of that nectarine off the nose. A little bit of the lime. Um, yeah, I mean it's not bad. Um, I'd drink it again, but uh, I don't think I would. I would reach for it per se. Um, for me, it kind of leaves a little bit of a sensory back of the tongue kind of flavor um, that I'm personally not a huge fan of. But uh, I know some that's some people's jam. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'd like it a tad more than you, but I think I agree that I'm not going to be uh, banging down the door for more of it. Yeah. I think it's nice. I've I, I like the way the Luponic series is played out, and so, mm-hmm. so within the the confines of the of the Luponic Distortion series, yeah, I think this is a nice entry because it, like I said, I do like that each beer every time they come out with these is pretty different than the predecessor. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had quite a few of them that I've liked. So, mm-hmm. um, I think this is the first one where they kind of, I don't know, if, it's not fruit added, is it? It's just no, of, no, that's all from hops. All from hops. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I think that's one reason why I like the series so much because it's like you are getting those, those, the notes of those flavors, but it's not any kind of additive or, or oh, okay. something like that put in there. That's, that's all from hops, hmm. which is fun. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, it doesn't taste like a fruited IPA, but it's got all these fruits on the can. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's only hints of. As opposed yeah, to and then with, the, with the last few, they've been kind of getting a little bit more experimental, you know, kind of mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of... of uh, you know, getting getting away from like kind of traditional like piney resiny bitter yeah. hops and stuff like that, and kind of kind of leaning into these uh, popular fruity and juicy ones. Yeah, a little more tropical. Yeah, it's nice. But it's though. nice. It's not bad. And like you said, it's 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 barely an IPA at five point nine. Yeah, yeah, you could drink a couple of them and pretty much feel good to go. Yeah, we'll 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 put that to the test later. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so we mentioned Godzilla coming out, and that that came out in theaters on the thirty first. Mm-hmm. The thirty first, a lot of things happened. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of new content hit hit the world, yeah. and uh, one of those things was Swamp Thing. Yeah, on the DC Universe app. Yeah, that's definitely one. You know, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was a little busy this past weekend, um, 
and got back late Sunday night, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's going to have to wait. So I had a few things on my to-watch list that I didn't get around to this weekend, but definitely from what I'm hearing, people are liking it. It's really well. I was going to say the same thing. I, I, much like yourself, I got a little wrapped up and didn't have time. Yeah. And I actually was watching something else. (laughs) So we'll get to to, to that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I I didn't have time to to get into Swamp Thing, but I'm dying to. I'm really, really excited to watch it. And like you said, the... To the people I've talked to who have seen it, and then mm-hmm. the reviews that I've read online, yeah. are all very favorable. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's gone a long way to help alleviate my concerns that we had when we, when we talked about the production issues, how they cut mm-hmm. it from thirteen episodes down to ten. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm not so worried about that now, yeah. and that that was clearly like a, like a business decision and not a this show's a mess. We need to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Which is good to hear. So that's on. really good to hear. And uh, I've heard a uh, very, I've, I've, I don't know the actor's name, but the, apparently the, the, the gentleman playing Swamp Thing is quite yeah. impressive. That's good. So yeah. That is good. You need to be a pretty, pretty versatile if you're playing Swamp Thing. Yes. <laughs> Hi everybody. Tom here real quick. Just needed to jump in and offer a little bit of an update on things. Uh, Swamp Thing has been canceled right after we talked about how excited we were to watch the show and how the reviews for the show had been very, very favorable. Uh, it has been announced that the show's canceled, though there is a bit of a story to why it was canceled. It has nothing to do with the show necessarily. It has to do with a budgetary error made by the state of North Carolina where the show is filmed. The show was being uh, paid for with a grant that North Carolina had for developing TV shows and, and getting production, movie Hollywood productions basically to film in their state. A budgeting error said they had, they had a lot more money than they actually did, and when this error was corrected, uh, it turns out there was no more money for Swamp Thing to film. So whether this means there'll be more Swamp Thing kind of rebooted or, or reorganized, I don't know for sure. Uh, DC is going to continue to release the episodes weekly, so the, the, in the initial 10-episode season will complete, uh, but it's, at least for the time being, there will be no more Swamp Thing. And back to the show. And, an, and now another show that I'm planning to get to on, on the, our, our DC Universe platform yes. is Doom Patrol. Yep. Which... Officially my, wrapped up, right? Officially had its finale, which apparently was very well received. Okay. The show overall was very well received. Yeah, I heard good things. I, I had it on, uh, on very good authority from my friend uh, Chris, who is the, the epic drummer mm-hmm. in the band Dirty Sweet, who provides our awesome intro music. Yeah. That... Doom Patrol is awesome, and I am doing the world a disservice by not watching it. <laughs> Very nice. So I have to get on this. Doom Patrol is a great comic book. It was one of my favorites. It was so... I, I got into it when it was a Vertigo book, when, mm-hmm. when Grant Morrison was writing it, and it was just crazy, weird, superhero family stuff, and it was just bonkers at the same time. <laughs> and it's... I'm very excited to hear that the that the show does does service does justice to yeah. <laughs> to that series in particular yeah because uh, because doom patrol has such a weird history in comics yeah it's definitely one of the lesser known ones it hadn't been in pop culture i don't think ever prior to this point so. no and I, I think i heard in an inter- interview at one point that like i think i think it was grant morrison himself who said when when the doom patrol was first introduced it was like the 60s and like they were the x-men before there was an x-men yeah that's true but for some reason the doom patrol didn't click and huh. the x-men did <laughs> so it's kind of interesting to think of them in that kind of comparison with, with their uh, mutant brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's like, damn, we should have called them mutants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, I mean, the Doom Patrols are, I mean, they're, I, freaks is not a nice word, but they're kind yeah. of 
freaks. Yeah, I think it's acceptable to say that in that regard. I mean, that's how they characterize. You know, they're not like, you know, just troubled. They have more issues than even that, you know. So. Yeah. So I know it's a little odd that we're talking about a show that we haven't, either of us, haven't watched yet. <laughs> but we're really excited to. And like yeah. I said, we, we just kind of wanted to spread the word around and, and let everybody who was nice enough to listen to this podcast know that maybe they should check it out if they get a chance. Yeah, let if us know what you think. fortunate enough to be using the, the DC Universe platform yeah. or if they're like several of my other friends who watch it through a Less Other legal means. means. <laughs> Flying the sails, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. They, they might have the pirate's booty. There you go. <laughs> All right, but there were two things that I did watch recently. Yes. Now, I'm a little behind on the times. Okay. So people have probably watched this ahead of me. Possibly. But I recently <laughs> finished season two of The Orville, mm. which is a Seth MacFarlane's... Uh, I don't want to say knockoff necessarily, but his tribute. Yeah, tribute would be to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, and I loved season two so very, very much because yeah. it is it is Star Trek: The Next Generation in 2019, <laughs> and the That's season good. finale episode was great because it played up to all my favorite things from Star Trek, mm-hmm. which is alternate timelines and, and time travel in general, and, and, yeah. and you know paradoxes and things like that. And I just it just hit all the sweet spots for me, and I cannot wait. To see more. That sounds cool. And I would like to spread the word that if you have... I think they are replaying the episodes on, on the Hulus right now. Okay, so Hulu. But it's possible season one may be on Netflix, too. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check it out. But it's a, it's a really good show, especially if, if there's any Star Trek fans out there mm-hmm. who were like leery of, of a Seth MacFarlane-helmed Star Trek-inspired show. Yeah. It, it's 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 good. There, okay. like you know, not all the jokes they put in there. There are jokes. Yeah. But they try to make it make sense for the jokes to be in there. Yeah, not all of them land, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just Family Guy in space. It's not just Family Guy in space. Okay. There, I mean, there are funny things in the yeah. shows. Um, um, there, there was an episode where where uh, one of these aliens hears a Dolly Parton song, mm-hmm. and it becomes like their anthem. So they're they're in a space battle playing nine to five. Oh, that's awesome! And it's really really funny. It's really good. And there's an episode where, where one of the alien officers on the ship, this guy named Bordis, yeah, gets addicted to cigarettes. He's never had one before, but they find a pack in like a time capsule and he becomes instantly addicted to nicotine oh, and he's like hilarious. smoking like a freaking chimney, like, you know, multiple cigarettes at a time. And it's really, really good. That's good. And then yeah. he finds out, like, oh, wait, they'll kill me. And it makes him want to smoke them more. It's really, it's really good. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. I'll have to check it out now. <laughs> yeah. The humor's good and the action's good and, and, okay. the, and the space, they do the space stuff really well. Okay. It's, it's not just the jokes and the laughs. All right. So they're doing it justice. They're doing it justice. And I, 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 I think season two was even, was was stronger than season one, which kind of follows the path of Star Trek, the next generation where, you know, each season does get better than the next. No, granted, the first two seasons of Star Trek, next generation are borderline unwatchable. (laughs) They're a little rough. They're a little rough. And and I, Reagan, I know you're in dispute me on this, but most of those seasons are garbage. (laughs) It's, it's tough watching, but the, the Orville having shorter, shorter seasons. Like I think they're about 12, 13 episodes of each season so far, much more watchable shows. There, there's some clunkers in the first season, but overall, that's, that's a good season two. And then season two itself, yeah, just really, I think, really runs away from the pack. Nice. So that that's good stuff. Right. And then another awesome genre show that I got to watch, and I don't know if you got to watch this. What's up? On FX, they had the TV show version of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that one. I wanted to watch it, but I didn't get around to it either. No worries. I'm sure it's going to be around for a little while. Okay. But it's really, really <laughs> good. I don't know if you've watched the film that it's based on. 
No, I don't think so. Which is kind of like the world's introduction to Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. you know, who would go on to become Marvel's yeah. big man for bringing Thor back around. Yeah. Um, they, they, Jermaine and Taika are the executive, executive, the executive producers and kind of the creators of the TV show, mm-hmm. which is a new version. Mm-hmm. So you have the film version, which is three different vampires, and then you have the TV show version, which is another set of vampires in a different part of the world. I see. So, so it's kind of a continuation. Yeah, exactly. Kind of so it's not like they, they recast the characters that they made famous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally different. Totally different characters, totally different dynamics, totally different relationships. And, okay. and it's That's set good. in Staten Island, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and it's really, really good. I don't want to spoil any of the episodes necessarily, but it's I think it's only like a 10 or 11 episode season. So yeah. you can mow through them really quickly. Okay. 30 minutes each one. Yeah, I'm kind of liking the shorter shorter seasons. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's definitely the better approach, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I with with a half an hour series, I could easily do twelve to thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. but ten's fine. Yeah, I got no problem with that. There's enough TV going around that I can't watch. <laughs> yeah, that's I kind, could that's use kind the of the one. Yeah. So, <laughs> and since it is on a network too, I mean, it's, it's a thirty minute episode, but basically after you take the commercials out, it's like twenty two, maybe twenty two tops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is a good show to look out for. Uh, and it, like I said, it should be coming to streaming platforms soon since season two, season one has wrapped up. Okay. Which a, a show that did just start last week, however. Yes. That I'd like to mention. <laughs> and I don't know if you care, <laughs> but I'm going to mention it anyways. Yes. One of my favorite animated cartoons is back, and that would be Archer. Oh. And this season is Archer 1999, <laughs> set in space. Okay. Well, there you go. And it looks it's it's really great so far. The, the first episode is the only thing that's aired. Uh, episode two airs tonight, okay. as we're recording this, which means by the time you listen to it, episode two is out. And it's great. It opens up basically just like the opening of Alien. Oh, okay. You know, nineteen seventy seventy eight seventy nine Alien mm-hmm. with, the, with the computer graphics and the whole thing. And it's just. It just sets the tone wonderfully. What could possibly go wrong? Seriously? Besides all the normal stuff that could easily go disastrously wrong since space travel is so dangerous. Nice. And then it kind of goes into like Archer-esque antics. Hmm. But that's that's the trappings. And like this is like a sci-fi version of Archer. I don't know if you watched it when it was a spy show or any of the other things. I, I saw a few episodes here and there. I liked what I saw. Um... I know what was uh, what was the show similar art style that came out around that Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo was the, yeah. the like the precursor kind of. Yeah, in a I lot remember. Of ways. I watched a lot of that. And, Frisky uh, Dingo's great. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> it's great, fucked up show. Yeah, and uh, I love the the voice actor that does Archer. Ace John Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's a legend, <laughs> and uh, he comes out of San Diego every now and then. Really? I've seen pictures of him on Instagram hanging out at breweries. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no. So he, he's a uh, he's a good voice actor. So it's definitely a show that I he's also doing all those Arby's commercials right now. I don't know if you caught oh, is those. He? Oh no. I haven't seen them. They're, they're pretty funny, Arby's commercials. <laughs> I'm going to have to check them out now. No, He's yeah. also huge because of Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the other one he got. I didn't steal your thunder for you going there next. No, no, no. Okay. I was actually going to say home videos. Oh, okay. That I liked them from that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely that's one that I probably should check out just based off all of that. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's like I said, it's off to a good start. Archer doesn't really necessarily always fit into the to the confines of, of what this podcast is about. But since they're doing a space-themed sci-fi season, yeah, I think we're going to be talking about Archer for the next few weeks. All right. Well, I'm down for it. Okay, so get on board, Roger. I'll do what I can. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the, 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 the show that we were busy watching instead of the other shows we weren't watching. Yes. We're going to talk about Good Omens on, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's a... Kind of out there from the rest of them, right? Yeah, based based <laughs> off the book by written by Neil Gaiman and, mm-hmm. and Terry Pratchett. Uh, this book the book came out in like nineteen ninety. 
So wow. this, this thing's been around for a while. I think I read it, gosh, either right as I was finishing high school or right after high school. It's like around 96 or 97 okay. is when I first read it. I read it again a few years ago because I heard they were doing the TV show and I kind of wanted to refresh my brain on a lot of it. Yeah. And it is funnier to read now because I think <laughs> when I was young and dumb, I didn't understand British humor quite as well as I do now. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely British humor, though. Like, it, even, it like even that, the show. The intro, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, oh, this is so British, right? <laughs> now, how, how far have you gotten into the show? I've only gotten a couple episodes in. I wanted to do more. Uh, I was super into it, but I had to get to sleep eventually. So Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> the premise of the show is that there's an angel and a demon, and they kind of have like a weird... They're, they're, they're friends. They don't yeah. want to admit it sometimes, but they're friends. Yeah, yeah. And they are coming together because they have to try and stop the apocalypse that they kind of sort of accidentally maybe started a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that they're kind of, they have their hands in, in a lot of pies in that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, I, you know, saying they are responsible is probably not accurate, but they... They helped put it into motion. They put it into, they, yeah. They sort of, but because they botched it a little bit, it's not going to go the way they think it's going to go, which is yeah. fun too. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Yeah, so, so it, it's it's, a, it's an apocalypse, but it's a it's a funny apocalypse. Yeah, but it's it's it has serious things going on. It's it's, it's 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 I'm trying to say things without ruining things. I want people yeah. to watch it if they haven't watched it yet because it, it did just come on like yeah. Friday. It's, yeah, it's so pretty, it's it's still fresh. fresh. Yeah. And it's but but it is only six episodes. Oh, okay, they're about an hour a piece. Okay, and and so it is easy to get through them, mm-hmm. and they they are endlessly entertaining. Yeah, in which. You're you're finding out. Yeah, no, it's really good. I mean, like I said, I'm just two episodes in, but I'm already like hooked on it. You know. Yeah. Uh, stall for me. Talk. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I need to get, I need to get the gentleman's name. Um. Yeah. So I'm about two episodes in. Um. Like I said, starts off at very very British humor style show. You know, like goes off on random tangents that you think you're gonna go one way and flip the other way. Um. Yeah, no, definitely, you know, David Tennant, great as a demon. I mean, you got these two characters there, literally friends since the beginning of humanity, mm-hmm. beginning of uh, the known universe, which uh, was apparently, according to them, not too long ago. <laughs> Just a few thousand years, you know. So the, the, one of the great things about the show is is that, that Neil Gaiman is is the executive producer of the show. Yeah, that was and cool. He, and he also wrote every episode of the show. Uh-huh. So he was adapting his own material, him and Ter- he, he and Terry Pratchett's material, yeah. into the episodes. So he provides all the framework. He keeps the book... Uh, he adapts his own book very, very well. Yeah. It's extremely faithful. They don't—they don't change a lot. That's good. You know, there's a few things that they kind of had to admit, just for the sake of the show. Yeah, and what was nice is there's a few things they added as well, mm. which are very well done. Oh, and, yeah. and and you'll see you'll see that coming up in when you get to episode three. Hmm. The entire first half of episode three isn't in the novels. In the in the novel, it's kind of some of those things are kind of alluded to a little bit. But it's brought to life in the first half of episode three, and it's okay. really, really well done. Uh, the, the 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 entire series is directed by um, oh shoot, I just had his name right here, and then I clicked the wrong button. <laughs> it's directed by Douglas McKinnon. Every episode is by by the same people, so the show has a look yeah. a, about it. And uh, you mentioned the cast. You mentioned David Tennant, mm-hmm. who's fantastic as as the demon Crowley. Yeah. And uh, to me, the, to me the. The, the the revelation to me was was this guy Michael Sheen as Azrafail, yeah. yeah. who I, Michael Sheen's one of those actors. By the way, no relation to the Sheen family of the of the Americas. Yeah, just yeah. for the record, 
but he, Michael Sheen's one of these guys. Like he's in a ton of things, but like he's he's one of those kind of chameleon actors. He just blends yeah. into whatever he's doing, and um, I don't know. I, I, he's phenomenal. Oh yeah, he does no, so many great. like little quirky things so well. <laughs> uh, you also have another great cast. You have Francis McDormand as as the, the voice of God narrating mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Uh, John Hamm as Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, he's great. There, there's some really good stuff in here. You have Michael McKean as 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 uh, Shadwell, who's like you haven't gotten to Shadwell yet, okay. so I won't necessarily say what the character is. But having Michael McKean doing a British accent again just makes me think of Spinal Tap, which always makes me happy. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. But it's it's a great cast. It is very British. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. But I mean, if you're into it, it's good. It's very good. And like I said, uh, six episodes isn't is not asking a whole lot of your time. Yeah. No, definitely. It was really doable. Like at the end of the second episode, I'm like, oh, what? It's done already? And I look at the clock, I'm like, damn. <laughs> well, and it, it, like we've said it before, it's, it's a fun show. And, and David Tennant, it's worth watching the show just to see the way David Tennant kind of like swaggers around oh, in yeah. his scenes. <laughs> Listening uh, he, to Queen in the car. Oh yeah, and it's funny they they don't talk about that too much about why he's listening to Queen in the car, but it's kind of like a, it's like a hell thing basically. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do make reference to the the artists in hell that he has. So it's, it's very cool. interesting. But yeah, it's it's extremely well done. I can't recommend it enough. I finished the se- I finished the series. I watched all six. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's they actually add a nice little bookend onto the end of the series, which wasn't in the book as well. Okay. So kind of what happens at the very end of the, of the series, and I'll tell you more when, you, when you've watched it. Yeah. But there's a nice little, little uh, extra thing that when you read the book, you're kind of like, oh, all right, cool. Well, this is fun. Yeah. And then you kind of, when you watch the show, they're like, oh, there's more. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so it's nice. So does it leave the door open for more then? Apparently Neil Gaiman's come out and said he does not want to do more. Like the book, okay. this was the book. And, yeah. and we're and we're done. Yeah, that's kind of what what I felt. I mean, I figured it was just going to be a nice one off. But mm-hmm. that said, you know, even if it's well done, one is all you need. Yeah, and I, I guess apparently I was just reading in, in, in excuse me, I was reading in an interview with him uh-huh. uh, prior to our recording that he added that little addendum at the end of the show uh-huh. because he didn't want the people who read the book to know how it was going to end. He wanted to put something else in there oh. so the book readers wouldn't be like. Oh, well, we know what's going to happen. We know yeah. what's going to happen. That's cool. <laughs> Give a little twist on it. So That's a fun nice. little thing. And it was, I thought it was a really well done, really well executed uh, piece. And like I said, the cast is magical. Yeah. They, they really come together nicely. Honestly, yeah. No, like Sheen and Tennant together, their, their chemistry is so good. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. And like there's some subtext you can play with with, yeah. some, with some of their scenes. Uh, but, you know, you don't need to. You, yeah. can, you can be shallow like me and just watch it for watching its sake. And how great would it be to sober up like they do? <laughs> <laughs> just refill the bottles with your mind. <laughs> yeah, right? What a crazy scene that was. <laughs> yeah, it, it caught me off guard. I'm like, okay, they're going to do something like supernatural to sober up. And they did. Yeah, I, I thought they would just like snap their fingers and be sober, but instead they like, like you said, they kind of like extract the liquid from their bodies and it goes back into the bottle, yeah. which is very strange. <laughs> and then instantly sober. I'm like, and oh instantly man, instantly sober. That'd be great. Yeah. But it's nice to know that if, if if one of us becomes an angel or a demon, we can still get drunk. There you go. So to <laughs> the afterlife. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So if you guys get a chance, uh, please write us a five star review. Small podcasts like this can easily get lost in the mix, and those reviews go a long way to getting the word out about our fun little podcast, and we would be eternally grateful if you do that. Um, And on that note, for Roger Smith, my name is Tom. Thanks for listening. Toodles. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!